Hare Krishna. Welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. It's March 6, 2022, as far as I know. So, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, we begin today with... Um, First Canto, Chapter 15, Text 30. Gitam Bhagavate. Oh, we'll say Om Namo. Om Namo Bhagavate. I did that. Vasudeva. I'm just so much thinking of this verse. Anyway, I'm okay now. Gitam Bhagavata. Gitam Bhagavata. Gyanam. Yatat Sangrama Murdhani Kala Karmatamurdham. Punaradhyagamat Praho. So the first line is obviously sort of this very clever play on words because there is the Bhagavad Gita. So here, the Bhagavad, technically the title Bhagavad Gita is a compound in Sanskrit. Uh, Bhagavad Gita, the song of the Lord. So here the two words are separated and both declined. So it's Gitam Bhagavata. Gyanam. So it's Gyanam, the knowledge, Gitam, sung by Bhagavata, by the Lord. So the knowledge, sung, so that's the, uh, it's actually going to be the object. So just again, to give you the simple grammar of this verse, the subject of this Sanskrit sentence, 115.30, is Prabhu. And that refers to Arjuna here. So calling a devotee Prabhu is a very old custom. So the Prabhu, Adhyagamat, understood, understood, Prabhupada says, revive them again. So Adhigam literally means to go over something, which is interesting in itself. Uh, literally means to go over something. So, and it has the sense of understood um, <clears throat> so, Adhyagama, to meet, find, discover, obtain, accomplish, study, read. So, to study something, to understand something, to discover it. So, Prabhu Adhyagama Jnana. That's the simple sentence. The Prabhu understood or went over or learned Jnana, knowledge. And that knowledge, and then a lot of the other verses are talking about that knowledge, that knowledge was um, Gita Bhagavata, sung by the Lord, yet tat sangrama murdhani, the very knowledge, yet tat, means like the very knowledge uh, that was sung by the Lord, uh, literally in the head of the battle. So sangrama, is uh, it's an interesting Sanskrit word, which means a battle. Grama, as you know, means can mean village, like Nagaradi Gram. So Grama can mean village. So sung like villages coming together or tribes coming together. So it, it also can mean a battle. So Sangrama and Murdhan means the head. So literally, in other words, in the front of the battle, in the front of the armies, or in front of the armies. 
So Sangrama Murdhani, literally in the head of the battle, like right in the front. So the knowledge that was sung by the Lord in the head of the battle, in the front of the battle, but knowledge which had been rudham, which had been blocked, which had been blocked, rudhams. I mean, the Lord has a form called anirudha, which means unchecked, unblocked. No one can ever impede him. But the word rudha itself means obstructed, checked, stopped, suppressed, kept back, withheld, and so on. So that's rudham. So that knowledge was rudham. That knowledge was checked. It was blocked. It was uh by what? By tamo, by the ignorance or the darkness of kala, time, like destiny and karma. So kala, karma, tamo, rudham. So the knowledge which was blocked or checked by kala, karma, tamo, prabhu, arjuna, the prabhu, punar adyagamat, understood it again. Understood it again. Punar means again. That knowledge that was sung by the Lord. So it's a very simple verse, beautiful verse. Gitam Bhagavata Gyanam Jatat Sangrama Murdhani Kala Karma Tamorudhang Prabhu. Now, here's a very interesting point that in his translation, Prabhupada actually gives a bit of a purport because Prabhupada says, here's Prabhupada's translation, because of the Lord's pastime and activities and Arjun's feelings of separation from him, it appeared that Arjuna forgot the instructions left by the personality of Godhead, but factually this was not the case. And he again became Lord of his senses. So Prabhupada's translations, of course, is giving the real idea here, but it's not strictly, let's say, uh, literal in the, in the uh, mundane sense. So first of all, Prabhupada adds, it appeared that Arjuna forgot the instructions. And uh, for God, it's just Prabhupada's uh, translation of uh, Rudham, that the knowledge was blocked. And then Prabhupada adds something that is not in the Sanskrit at all, but factually, this was not the case. So Prabhupada is explaining through this somewhat non-literal translation that Arjuna is actually a pure devotee. And even if he's in Maya, it's Yoga Maya and not Mahamaya. He's not in illusion the way an ordinary conditioned soul is. And so Prabhupada injects that into the translation in two ways. First of all, by saying it appeared that he forgot the instructions, whereas uh, the Sanskrit just says that it, it was blocked. It doesn't say appeared. And Prabhupada said factually this was not the case, which of course is not in the Sanskrit but it is our Vaishnava philosophy. And he again became Lord of his senses, which is also not literally what it says. It simply says that he again understood that knowledge. And so Prabhupada equates understanding knowledge with uh, becoming Lord of the senses which of course is not, uh, you know, precise. Those are not synonyms to become Lord of the senses and to understand, but, but that's kind of the purport and that, that's what it really means. So, 
So he again obtained that knowledge. He again learned that knowledge or understood that knowledge. So um, anyway, I think that gives you an insight into Prabhupada's translation technique in which he said, Prabhupada said he's putting the purports into the verses so that people cannot misunderstand it. So the next verse is uh, verse 31, Vishoko Brahma Sampatya Sanchinna Dvaita Sangshaya Lina Prakriti Nayagunyat Alinga Twat Asambhavaha. Hmm. So, uh, Vishoko, Shoka. Uh, means grief or lamentation, shoka. And vishoka means free of lamentation. Free of lamentation. So Arjuna is now vishoka. He's now free of lamentation. Brahma sampatya by spiritual assets. Brahma, of course, here means spiritual. Sampati means good fortune or assets. Uh, it's also it's a form of the word sampat, like sampade, vipade, and the opposite of sampati is vipati. So, so Arjun has spiritual assets. Sampati in the dictionary means prosperity, welfare, good fortune, success, accomplishment, fulfillment, turning out well. So, by Arjun's spiritual accomplishment, his spiritual success. Spiritual, he's prospering spiritually, and so on. So that's a very nice expression. So we show, and and because of that, he has no lamentation. We show Brahma Sampatya Sanchinna Daita Sanshaya, and the Sanshaya doubts, which come from Dwaita duality. Because, in other words let's say you feel that there really is some happiness in this world and therefore, of course, you must also believe there's some real unhappiness. So if you are, if you even suspect it, because sangshaya means a doubt. Prabhupada, interestingly, in the word for word translates dvaita sangshaya as from the doubts of relativity. So, um, so that, for example, if I still believe there's some pleasure in sense grat, material sense gratification, then that duality, well, in the material world, some things are really enjoyable, just as some things are really miserable, then I have a doubt about giving myself completely to Krishna. So that's the relationship between dvaita, or another common word for it is dvandva, which Krishna uses in Gita a lot. So Dwaita or Dwandva Sangshaya, if I have doubts about the dualities of this world, doubt mean I think, well, maybe there really is pleasure or pain on the material platform, then I will doubt whether I should just give myself to Krishna because maybe I'll be losing something. So all those doubts were cut off. Sanchinna means cut off and Sang means completely. So Sanchinna, completely cut off. And then Lina Prakriti Nayagunyat. Um, so because of uh, Nayagunya is, of course, just from the words uh, Nirguna, which means without the material modes. And Nirguna 
is a common way in Sanskrit of saying transcendental. Another way is guna atita, guna atita, gone beyond the gunas. So because as Krishna says, there's nothing in this world that is not really just composed of these material qualities in terms of the phenomenal, the phenomenal world, in other words, the world that you perceive as a conscious soul. Everything is just in these three modes, and therefore a common way of saying transcendental is near guna, beyond the modes, or guna tita. So, so because of being beyond the modes, prakriti of nature, the prakriti guna, because of being beyond the modes of nature, lena, and being absorbed or merged into that state. In other words, you're completely in that state. And because of alinga taught, linga in Sanskrit, you've heard the term probably Shiva linga. So it can refer to the male reproductive organ. But the word, that's just one meaning. The word linga means uh, a mark like something which marks something else, a spot, a sign, a token, a badge, an emblem, a characteristic. But it also, and this is the sense that it's used here, any assumed or false badge or mark, a disguise, disguise. So in that sense, a lingatwat means because of not identifying with the false form of the body not taking the bodily identif identity be the self. Prabhupada translates this word alingatwat as because of being devoid of a material body. So alingatwat asambhava. Sambhava, which in Sanskrit can mean becoming, and therefore refers to the material life, because in this world, we're always becoming something else. The body's changing at every moment. And if we identify with the body, then our mind is changing our identity. You know, I was a child, I was an adolescent, I was a young man, a, you know, middle-aged, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, if we identify with the body and, the, and through it, the material world, then our identity, as we understand it, is always changing. It's always becoming something else. And so asambhava means Arjun became free of becoming. He became free of the vicissitudes, the changes, the transformations of the material world. So uh, the next verse, let's see how Prabhupada, actually I'm curious how Prabhupada translates that verse. He says, because of his possessing spiritual assets, which is Brahma Sampatya, the doubts of duality were uh, Dvaita Sanchaya were completely cut off, Sanchinna. Thus he was freed from the modes of material nature, Lina Prakriti Nairgunyat, and placed in transcendence, uh, Alingatwat, there was no longer any chance of his becoming entangled in birth and death, for he was freed from material form. And so that sentence is just the word Asambhava. And of course, Prabhupada is explaining ultimately what the implications are of that word. The next verse is, Ishamya Bhagavan Margam, 
is text 32, Sangstang Jadu Kulasya Cha, Sakpataya Mateen Chakre, Nibhritatma Judistira. Very interesting verse, as they all are. Um, So, uh, Nibhritatma, actually it's Nibhritatma, the word Nibhrit, and also Nibhrit. Uh, so, let's see what this verse means. Um, so, Nishamya, hearing upon hearing, Bhagavan Margam, the Lord's path, Bhagavan Margam. In other words, that Krishna had left this world. On hearing of the Lord's path, what Krishna did, sangstang jadu kulasyacha, and the demise of the Yadu dynasty. So sangstang, sta, we have in English, just standing, stand, standing, status. So, and some, means complete, like in Sankirtan, but here it has like the final status. So it's a word for dying, the end. Prabhupada translates the end, here to the end of the, literally the final status. On hearing of the Lord's path and on hearing of the final, literally the final status of the Yadu dynasty. Uh, Yudhisthira Mateen Chakre. Literally, he made his mind. I mean, like in English, he made up his mind. So Chakre is just a past tense of the verb kur, to do or to make. Like kara, kara, karoti, and so on. So hearing of these things, Yudhisthira made up his mind. In other words, decided fully decided Mateen Chakra literally made his made up his mind or made his mind Swapataya for fixed it or you could say fixed his mind Mateen Chakra on the path to heaven Swap means uh, Swarga and Pata of course is path like in English so he fixed his mind on the on heaven's path and of course, we understand this means not material heaven, but Raikunta, the spiritual world. Prabhupada said, Maharaj Yudhisthira decided, that's how he translates Mateen Chakra, that he fixed his mind or made up his mind, uh, decided to go back home, back to Godhead, which in the Sanskrit is Svakpata, Svakpataya, for the uh, celestial path or the path to heaven. And then Nibhratma Yudhisthira. And he became Atma, a soul, or a person. Prabhupada translates Nibhrita, lonely and alone. Uh, it's not in this. Prabhupada does not translate it in the verse translation. But um, Nibhrita means, uh, Nibhrita in Sanskrit, uh, means uh, firm, immovable, 
shut, closed as a door, fixed, settled, decided, fixed or intent upon, uh, task faithful, still, silent, quiet, humble, modest, mild, gentle, free from passions, undisturbed, and here's Prabhupada's use of the word lonely or solitary. In other words, he just stopped, you know, he just, nothing else mattered to him. It's time to go. It's like you can be at a party or, well, you can be at some kind of social event and you're talking to people and then you suddenly realize, oh my God, I have to go. I've got to go now. It's like, that's it. Like in one second, you just shut everything out. People may say, no, stay. And you just don't even consider it. So you suddenly remember you have a very important thing to do. And suddenly all these relations and conversations are just over in a second. So that's uh, and that's expressed here by the word uh, nibratatma, and then let's see. So in sense, in the dictionary, it means resolute-minded. In other words, his mind was completely fixed in in that decision, nibratatma. So, Judistira. So, um, I think maybe I'll stop here. Well, maybe let's see what it says. Pratapyanushutya dhanang jayoditam. So, Pratapi, Prata is Kunti, even Kunti, Pratapi, even Prata or Kunti, or also Prata, Anushutya, hearing. Dhananjayoditam, hearing what was spoken by Dhananjaya Arjuna, Anushuti, which means she didn't hear firsthand, she heard secondhand. So Arjuna told Yudhisthira, and then Yudhisthira perhaps told his mother. So Anushutya means he, she heard it, not, she wasn't the first to hear it, but she heard it following that. So Nasham Jadunam, and hearing of so hearing what was spoken by Arjun, the destruction or the loss, Nasham, Yadunama, the Yadus, the loss of the Yadus, or the destruction of the Yadus, Bhagavad Gatin Chatam, and again, the uh, the path of the Lord, Gati, can means like the course, like where where the Lord has gone. Bhagavad Gatin Chatam, Ekanta Bhaktya with pure devotion. And the word pure here is ekanta bhakti, or here's the um, instrumental case, ekanta bhakti. Anta means the end or goal. And, and eka means one. So ekanta, having only one goal, one purpose, one thought. So that's a way of saying pure devotion. Ekanta bhakti. So Kunti Devi Prata, by her pure devotion, Bhagavatya Dhoksa Jaini Veshitatma, she fixed herself. Niveshita. Uh, literally, I mean, it means she caused herself to enter within something. So, in other words, she completely fixed herself in pure devotional service on Krishna and Upara Rama Sangshate. She simply, uh, Retired from material existence. 
She, uh, that's the verb uparam. She simply pulled back from material life just in a second, which shows that she's just a pure devotee engaged in these pastimes. Uh, she seized. So uparama means she seized. She seized from action. She became inactive, quiet. She stopped, left off, desisted, gave up, renounced. So she simply stopped all of her material activities. Not that she had material activities, but these external activities, she seized from them. She seized all her worldly activities. She renounced them. She desisted from them, gave them up. Uh, immediately. And she just, um, she became a soul completely fixed. She fixed herself. She fixed her soul completely in Bhagavan Atoksaji, the Lord Atoksaja. And uh, Uparama Sanskrit. It's a very beautiful verse. Pratapyanu, pratapyanu Shrutya Dhananjayoditam Nasham Jadunam Bhagavad Gatim Chatam Ekanta Bhaktya Bhagavatya Dhoksaja Niveshitat Mahuparama Sanskrite. So Prabhupada translates this as Kunti, after overhearing, that's how he translates Anushutya, overhearing, Arjun's telling of the end of the Yadu dynasty and the disappearance of Lord Krishna. So Kunti engaged in the devotional service of the transcendental personality of Godhead with full attention and thus gained release from the course of material existence. Prabhupada says in the purport, the setting of the sun does not mean the end of the sun. It means the sun is out of our sight. So similarly, the Lord is leaving this world. So these are very beautiful verses, uh, very beautiful verses. And uh, now we'll see if there are any questions today. Uh, It looks like no questions. Thank you all for your comments. Uh, oh, here's a question from Gargs. From what I have heard and read, Srila Prabhupada said that he did not write his books, but Krishna did. That's a misunderstanding. I mean, Prabhupada said something like that, but I actually looked this up. I did the research. And uh, I wrote an essay about how we understand Prabhupada. It's on my website. And uh, many times Prabhupada said, I wrote these books. These are my books. I wrote every word of these books. I mean, clearly... Clearly, Krishna inspired Prabhupada and enlightened him. I mean, he is enlightened and so on. And so Prabhupada humbly said, you know, Krishna did wrote these books, but he didn't mean it in a literal sense that Prabhupada was just sort of neutrally watching the whole thing as Krishna was writing the books. 
I mean, Prabhupada many times said that I wrote these books. And that's why he apologized. I mean, he didn't have to apologize, but he did. In the first, can first canto, chapter five, he said that uh, there'll be so many mistakes in English. This is not my first language. So as his followers, we can certainly accept the liberties he took in his translation. Yes, because the, the conclusion is always perfect. And Prabhupada gives the Sanskrit. So if you are interested, as I am, in the literal Sanskrit meaning is there. Prabhupada didn't hide it, he gave it to us. So he was being completely straightforward. Here's the Sanskrit, so you can see what the literal meaning is, and here's my uh, realization of what this ultimately is about. So how do we explain this? I wrote an, I, I actually gave a paper on this at Harvard, and it was, um, actually this reminds me, I should send all these papers to Ananda Leela to post them. Just thought of that. Anyway, um, and Harvard published it actually, in which I explained that Prabhupada, in his somewhat non-literal translation style, is actually following an ancient tradition. Because, for example, uh, see if I can give you the exact verse number in the first canto of the Bhagavatam. Uh, Sutta Goswami, that's verse one three. 44, that's verse 1344, uh, which I'll read to you because it, it perfectly explains what Prabhupada is doing in his non-literal translation. So in 1344, uh, Sutta Goswami says that Tatra So as, he says, oh sages, as that sort of like that in sage amongst the great Brahmins. He's talking about Shuka, Bhuri Tejasa, that sage of immense potency, as he was reciting the Bhagavatam. Ahang Chadyagamang Tatra. I was there and I understood it. That's just, I understood it. I studied it. So he's, as Shuka speaking to Parikshit, Sutta was actually present. He was in the audience. And Nivistas Tadanugrahat. And uh, I was able to really enter into the meaning of it by his mercy, by the mercy of my guru. Now here's the key point. He says, Sohang Vakshavi Shami. Literally, I will now make all of you hear it. In other words, I will speak it to you. I will literally make you all hear it. And then he, so, so Sutta says, I'm going to recite the Bhagavatam, yata dhitam yata mati. Yata dhita means literally, and yata mati means according to my realization. So adhita, uh, let's see how does Prabhupada translate that here. Uh, well, actually he doesn't separately translate it. But anyway, so yata aditam. Uh, Adita means uh, what you've understood, literally what you've gone over. Anyway, I won't go into all the grammar, which is actually interesting here, but I won't go into all of it. Uh, the word Adita, Yata Adita, means uh, as I read it, as I learned it. So literally, so and Yata means as as I learned it, as it was spoken to me. I'm, so I'm going to teach exactly what I heard according to what I learned, but also yatamati according to my own realization. 
So that's what Prabhupada did. Prabhupada gives us the Sanskrit, he gives us the literal reading, but then he explains his own realization. And so um, Prabhupada's translation style goes back 5,000 years. It's, that is the Bhagavatam. Either when Sutta is reciting what he heard from Shuka, or when Yudhisthira, or let's say uh, Narada Muni is reciting what he learned from Lord Brahma. So you have all these different dialogues going on. And what we see is that one, a person who has heard from their guru then teaches it to someone else, but not word for word literal, but actually explaining what that guru learned, but also giving their own realization. So in that sense, Prabhupada is actually preserving a, uh, a very ancient culture. So that's what I would tell people. So Jagatpalana, uh, Krishna says, uh, try Gunya, Vishaya Veda. This includes the Srimad Bhagavatam or the Puranas are not part of the Veda. No, it does not include the Bhagavatam. Krishna is clearly talking about uh, the Vedas, which are the Shruti literature. So no, he's not referring to the Bhagavatam. In fact, the Bhagavatam is meant to clear everything up. So, uh, in Bhagavad Gita 1854, Krishna says that the devotees achieve devotional service when they are situated in transcendence, Brahma-Bhuta. Are we doing devotional service while we are still stuck in the dualities or are we just preparing ourselves to do devotional service when we rise above the dualities? Well, here's the good news. If you are serving Krishna according to Prabhupada's instruction, then your service is spiritual even if uh, your realization is not perfect. But you're on the train, you're, you're, you're on your way. And whatever your realization is, it is the act of serving according to Prabhupada's instructions that makes our activity spiritual. Ah, so Padmalochana, uh, did Kunti go into trance, Samadhi? Uh, yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, I don't understand the Supravatam translations by Anyway, I didn't understand that. Jagoranga Das, do we need to go through difficult situations before coming to that understanding? Uh, the understanding and determination that, like that of Yudhisthira. Um, it depends. I mean, I always, uh, that's one thing that really highly motivates me to do the right thing is that I don't want to go through all the difficult situations. So it's like, okay, I'll do it voluntarily. So I think the more that we um, just do the right thing and fix our minds in Krishna, then even if there's some outwardly difficult situation, uh, we'll be able to handle it without problem because of our Krishna consciousness. Just like after some initial unhappiness, you just during our June are fixed and so is Gunti. So in any case, whether Krishna does not give you heavy situations because you voluntarily did the right thing, or whether as you advance, Krishna gives you some difficulties, but things you can handle. In any case, we are going to definitely cross beyond it. 
just like Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, that uh, there's a verse, Mayami Tang Tarantite. Uh, I'll give you that verse also. Uh, that's um, 7.14 of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, Daivi yesha gunamaya duratiya that indeed this divine illusory potency of mind consisting of the modes of nature is dur ati aya hard literally hard to go to cross ati means above or beyond and aya going so it's hard to go beyond but mam eva jay those who surrender to me they cross over this maya. So if we surrender to Krishna, whatever comes our way, we'll deal with it. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Um, another question with all the question marks. If a transcendental personality like Krishna himself comes... Does this planet become transcendental or just the places he goes with his body? It's interesting. Uh, everything is originally Krishna's energy, but as far as things acting spiritually, anything involved in Krishna Leela, anything that Krishna engages in his pastime certainly is spiritualized. So from Priyahita in San Luis Obispo, whoops, Oceano, as Krishna, as Paramatma, Oh, is Krishna, I think you meant. Is Krishna as Paramatma? Anyway, in our hearts, when we fix ourselves completely on him and surrender completely, are we absorbed in a way or led back to God? <clears throat> yes, I mean, Krishna is Paramatma. But remember, Paramatma is Krishna. It's not like it's a different person. So, for example, when Krishna disappeared from the Rasa dance and the gopis were running about trying to find him, and then Krishna appeared before them as Parapatma just to see what they would do. And they looked at him and they realized that, okay, you know, we know who you are. So then Krishna actually gave up this four-handed form and just revealed himself. So Paramatma is Krishna. And if you are worshiping Krishna, loving Krishna, serving Krishna as Krishna, then he will reciprocate with you, as he says in the Gita, and you will see Krishna in your heart. And it is the two-handed Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita who says, I'm in the heart of everyone. Um, so, Leela Kara, in the purport to text 32, the prophet explains somewhat of the nature of Arjuna's activities in the sense that they were transcendental as it relates to the battle of Kurukshetra. Given the benefit of the doubt that Krishna's behind everything, can it be, well, Question stops there. Too long. So, any updates on ETA estimated arrival time? Uh, um, did Kunti go into Samadhi? Uh, So uh, arrival time, oh, Mahabharata. Yeah, we're just finishing up now, so it should be done this year. First volume of Mahabharata. Brahmatirtha, the great soul Brahmatirtha. Are Prabhupada translations considered scholarly since he is not translating literally yet according to the tradition? Uh, 
Prabhupada's translations would not be considered academic, but they would be considered authentic or genuine within the tradition. And that's what the scholar said, actually, when they reviewed his books way back when Prabhupada was here. They said that this is an authentic presentation of the Vaishnava or Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. So they're authentic translations, but not literal, they're not academic. Does a Mahabharata is does a text to use? Can we use Mahabharata? I think that means to preach bhakti. Yes, if you know how to use it. Sense gratification is a natural state of the material body. When we eat prasadam, is that sense gratification? Uh, yes, in a sense. That's why Prabhupada gave us nice prasadam. But of course, the more we advance, the you know, the more we're just taking our pleasure from serving Krishna. So, Priyahita, double dipping here. Krishna as Paramatma, oh, Krishna, as Krishna as Paramatma is in our hearts, when we fix ourselves completely on him and surrender completely, are you absorbed in a way or led back? Yeah, if you absorb yourself on Krishna in the heart, you will definitely go back to Godhead. You'll definitely go back to Godhead. So is Mahabharata text for preaching? Somehow I think I've done these. The Mahabharata is good for preaching if you take the parts from it that are good for preaching. So Leela Kara, can it be concluded that Acharya's mother Vaishnava traditions like Ramanuja Acharya, for example, see Vishnu forms of Krishna as supreme? No, uh, they also know about Krishna. Even though the Bhagavatam is so clear about Krishna's status. No, actually the great Acharyas, they also were devoted to Krishna. So Sankarsana from Great Britain. How do we understand that Acharya's mother Vaishnava traditions see Vishnu forms? Oh, that was. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that was Sankarshan. I just kept reading. So, um, yeah, the Acharyas recognize Krishna. As far as the Bhagavatam, as far as it's saying, it's so clear. Um, Jiva Goswami, of course, brought up the point of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, which is, he claims to be the Mahavakya, or the great statement of the Bhagavatam. So, um, I'm not aware of the great Acharyas subordinating Krishna to Vishnu. <clears throat> they are also preaching in a culture in which people worship Vishnu. So, for example, in our teaching, we often use words like God, or Supreme Lord, or Absolute Truth, and Prabhupada used these words. So, in the culture in which the Acharyas were teaching, everyone understood Vishnu is like saying God or the Supreme Lord. So I don't think there was very much confusion there. So uh, thank you all very much. Let me see. There's, uh, I missed one. Okay. That's so disappointing. I was hoping I was infallible. So Ram Sarup Shastri in Mahabharata, Kunti is said to have gone to the forest with Dhritarashtra and Gandhi, whereas Bhagavatam says something different. Uh, how do we understand it? Uh, you, well, I'm not sure that's something different. Uh, if you could show me the Bhagavatam verse that specifically talks about where Krishna went, then I would be happy to look at it.
So you, yeah, you, you would have to cite the Bhagavatam verse. Someone just said that my camera is not working properly. That is, I'm not sure what I can do about that. I think maybe you're, because it looks fine to me. Okay. So thank you all very much. Uh, thank you for coming to the class. And hopefully we'll be uh, together again next Sunday. Did I miss something else? Okay, Hare Krishna.